Richardson takes it off! A goal from the heavens for Kieran Richardson! Really? He could be in here, he's all alone, he's gone! Sensation at Wembley from Sunderland! McKinney! Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland Preview Show. Sunland are able to take a break from their, shall we say, poor league form as attention turns to the first round of the FA Cup. And for those old enough to remember the 93-94 and 94-95 season, it's very similar to that year. And we play the same team in the same round for the second year in a row. Carlisle, for those wondering, Mansfield this weekend. We've had a decent League Cup run. We're going well in the Papa John's. We'll figure out the league. So we might as well just go for the FA Cup. And like I say, we'll start with Mansfield on Saturday. And to join me to discuss the game and have a little catch-up on what's been happening, one unexpected catch-up with Mansfield since last year, is returning guest from last year's first round of the FA Cup, Craig from Mansfield Matters. Craig, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, very good, thank you. It seems very weird to think that a year ago, pretty much, we were, you know, sitting talking about the, the same game. It's very weird how things happen. I mean, you mentioned in, in the, the intro there about your stat from, you know, 93, 94. Well, this is actually the second competition this season where we've had the same opponent at the same stage. We had Preston in the first round of the, the League Cup as well. So uh, very, very strange goings off. I'm not going to lie, no offence to your team and maybe no offence to my team the same way around, but when the draw came out, everyone kind of went, oh, God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. At the time when we got, when the draw was made as well, we were on a terrible run of form. I mean, we were at the back end of it now. I don't think we're personally out of it, but, uh, you know, it, it was one of those where you think realistically, it's pretty much the hardest game from a, you know, a standings point of view. We wanted somebody non-league so we could sort of, you know, just dig our heels in and, and sort of have a go at it. But uh, it is what it is. And from a Mansfield perspective and from a fan perspective, obviously this time last year, we were stuck watching it on iFollow, weren't we? So we're all buzzing to come to the Stadium of Light. We can't wait for Saturday from, from that point of view. Game-wise, we could have picked a better fixture, but, you know, venue-wise and, and you know, ticking off a new ground, we can't wait. I was going to say it's, it's technically your first visit as fans, isn't it? We've played each other, obviously. I think it was, all I remember was Kevin Kyle scored on both ends and it was the League Cup under Mick McCarthy mm. back in 2003. But I'm pretty certain Mansfield have never visited the stadium like with fans. Yeah, certainly not um, in, from what I can remember. I mean, I've been watching the Stag since sort of early noughties, 2000, 2001. So certainly not in that time. Otherwise I'd have been, which is why I'm looking forward to Saturday really. So I'm sure there'll be some absolute stato out there. And I mean this in the, the kindest regards, some anorak stato who knows everything, every day, every game going, that will come on and say, no, no, this happened on this date and this date and it was this score and this score. But uh, no, certainly in my my memory for, for what it is, uh, it's certainly the first visit for a while. Yeah, I think it is as well. I'm normally quite good with my stats, so someone feel free to prove me wrong, but I'm pretty certain it would have been maybe Roker Park, but 
Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong with that. This is this shows you that I don't do me research on the show. Um, which is <laughs> which is goes against contrary belief, I think. Um I was listening back to the the episode we did last year, and I think things were a bit stale with something that was under Parkinson, and obviously we all remember the game. Well, bits and pieces, Danny Gray missing a shot from about a yard out. But before, when we actually spoke on the Tuesday or Wednesday, you were on the cusp of appointing a new manager. You said you mm. think it was going to be Nigel Clough. Cloughy came in, obviously started his reign perfectly by beating us 1-0 in the empty stadium light. Uh, well, they're, they're, that's, they're, I don't like to cut in, but that's where there's a common misconception because Clough actually wasn't in charge that game. Ah. Because of the COVID regulations at the time, he wasn't able to travel with a squad. So he was there and he watched the game, but it was actually Richard Cooper, the caretaker manager, who was in charge. Um, so it, it's a year to the day since he was appointed on Saturday, but he actually wasn't in charge for the FA Cup title. It was Richard Cooper. My research has gone horrendous in this episode. Now, I'm, I'm no, no, to it, be mate. honest, a lot, a lot of a lot of Mansfield <laughs> fans see, seem to think the same thing as well, because technically it was his first game as manager, but he actually wasn't in charge because of the COVID rules. So it's one of those pointed... crazy quiz questions. Was that the Wednesday or something? Because it was literally a day after we did the podcast. I remember we got yeah. him and I think was it Paul Cook was like the sh- the stab in the yeah they were they the were dark. the they were the two. Although I think pretty much most Mansfield fans had an inkling it was Clough because he'd been spotted. I don't know how when there was no fans allowed in the ground at the time, but he was spotted in the stadium the previous game. So it clearly got leaked from somewhere. But uh, yeah, I remember that night because that was quite like therapy for us because it was the first time that all, I think four of us at the time, came on together and we'd actually not spoken to each other for a long time. So it was quite like therapy that night and uh, none of them were available tonight. So they've all, obviously now we can all get back together. I don't know what that says about me as a friend, but there you go. <laughs> We've got the best one though, Craig, right? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely well, did. contrary to pop- popular belief, I'm sure many would disagree, but it's my <laughs> podcast. I, I produce it and present it, so I can say what I like. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, and I'm not going to edit that out. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I think, obviously, because I've followed you since, you know, a year or so, I'll, I'll keep like, an occasional eye on stuff that pops up. Mm. But I can't quite decide on what the mood is on Nigel Clough. So, like you said, it's almost two a year that, uh, since he's been appointed. How is he doing? Like you said, he started off quite well. Um, we had a really good run of form, but his task was always going to be a long-term task. And if you look at our recent results, it's not been great. It's almost been like we were at this time last year where we were really struggling to put a run of results together. There are various factors behind that. We've had about 14 players at the peak at one point out, unavailable through injury, through stupid suspension and one one reason or another, which really, really went against us. But... Um, he came in and he had a job to do and his main his first part of that job was to um to keep us up which he managed to do his second part of the job was to reduce the wage bill which he did in the january transfer window and did in the summer um his third part of the job was to try and build a team now we're still in that second phase really our recruitment in the summer wasn't great we missed out on our main target, which was Tom Naylor, who ended up signing for the League of Love, signing for Wigan. His agent, um, Jake Spate, an ex-Mansfield player, rug pulled us. Um, Naylor was done. He was signed. Um, contract was pretty much done. Interviews, press interviews were done. Photos were done. It was all ready to, to push the button and go. And at the uh, 11th hour and 59th minute, Jake Spate said, no, you're going to Wigan for more money. And with a young family, um, you know, at his stage in his career, you can't really blame him for that. But Nigel Clough and his recruitment team, it sort of knocked them for six. They didn't really have a plan B. 
And from the point where Naylor was supposed to sign for us to transfer deadline day, it was a 10 week window. We calculated eight to 10 week window. We calculated and not one attempt to, or, or not, no real attempt was seen to be made to sign a centre half. And it got to transfer deadline day where our main centre half in James Perch was pretty much out injured. We didn't know how long for at that point He's now out for the rest of the season with a fractured skull um, on deadline day, we brought in Richard Narty from Burnley, who it turns out was injured and then got injured in his first game and has only played one more game since that. And Will Forrester from Stoke, who was also injured, who we haven't seen play yet. So it's not gone very well. Um, things have shown a sign of improvement on the pitch. We got a good win on Saturday against Tranmere, good 2-0 victory, which we was long overdue, but we sort of are in the same place as where we were last year, although there are signs that things are going to improve under Clough, whereas under Coughlin, the previous manager who we spoke about on the podcast last year, it was only going to go one way and uh, that was down. With Clough, it's a long-term plan. A lot of us are behind him. Frustrated at the results, yes, and the performances, but there's something about Nigel Clough which says, give him time and we will get there in the end. Funny, uh, you mentioned Neil. I, I don't know how many people know this, but he did exactly the same with Sunderland, or, or we did something to him. We we had him to my memory, and obviously I wasn't there while he was discussing the contract, so I might have some of the details off. But Neil was due to sign for us when he was at Burton. Yes, and then I think before he, he went to Portsmouth. Yeah, yes, and I think co- coinciding with Chris Coleman leaving because he would have been out of contract. Same situation. I think he was due to come to ourselves and then the rug got pulled under his or under our feet with that one and went to Portsmouth for more money as well. So not the first time he's done it, but I wonder if he's still got the same agent because it actually his agent is like I mentioned is Jake Spate who we played with when he was at Mansfield coming through. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Mr. Spate was up to his old tricks and getting a little bit uh, of, of commission there. Yeah, I mean, you take, take away you can, I suppose. I guess, like you said, young career and all that. But I think it might have coincided with the Chris Coleman leaving and obviously our chairman taking over. I'm pretty certain he'd all but signed a pre-contract, but pleasantly surprised we didn't get him. I'm not going to lie about that. Pleasantly surprised because we had a few run-ins with him when he was at Portsmouth. And I've got to say, wasn't that impressed. But big signing for you, that would have been massive, actually. It would have, yeah, it would have been massive because he came through our academy. He was, you know, local lad born just down the road in Sutton. Um, Nigel Clough's obviously played with him had him a couple of times before we were essentially going to build a side around him um which fans were buzzing about to be fair but for for one reason or another it got rug pulled but we've never really recovered from that and we had the same in the January transfer window previously so there are a, a selection of fans which whilst we, you know we're behind Nigel Clough going forward as a manager we are questioning his recruitment tactics a little bit and uh you know, hopefully come January, we, we we put that right. Yeah, yeah, I think, but it seems a lot more positive than last time. And obviously, your previous manager that you brought in was doing a really good job with Bristol Rovers and he kind of was seemed to have dropped a division and went for a job closer to home and all that kind of stuff. And that just never really worked out um, yeah, at all. Yeah, the motives were all wrong with it. He never really got the dressing room. He, he had an, a, a complete overhaul of the squad. Yes, he had COVID to deal with. Didn't manage it very well, but... It, it just wasn't working and you could you could see and straight away the change in style when Richard Cooper, the caretaker, came in 
the changing attitude, it said it all. And, you know, we wish Graham Cochran all the best in whatever he's up to now. I think he went to Sheffield United and the under-23s or something like that, but he was never a manager and all the reasoning was wrong. But uh, we are in a much better place now, even though we, on paper, haven't really progressed far in terms of the background and the foundations. This time we're building with concrete foundations. Under Graham Cochran, it felt like we were trying to build with cardboard boxes. Mm. We've been there, been ourselves, I think. <laughs> um, you mentioned current form. Obviously, looking through it, it's not been many wins. In fact, it's been few. I think you got mostly wins right at the beginning of the season in August. Yeah. But your most recent game, as you said, was a, a game against Tramia. You won 2-0. Tramia at that level, good side. And now it was not that long ago. What was it that changed at the weekend that reverted the, the result from being what you've been having recently? We had Stephen Quinn back. We've had him back for a couple of weeks and um, him missing, he was a big player for us. He was suspended initially for three games and then got another three-game ban slapped on top. And unfortunately, through that period, it wasn't Saturday, Tuesday. It was literally six Saturdays. So it was a really long period to go without him and we really missed his drive and energy in midfield. We had him back. We had you know, more senior players out there. And I just think it was an accumulation of we've been so poor, but the performances have been sort of there. We just need something to click. And it, it, it just clicked. The fans got behind it, which sometimes they, they haven't done in the past when things haven't been going well, but they got right behind it on Saturday and the players responded. Um, we got two wins at the start of the season. Um, then drew against Colchester in the third game, 90-odd minute penalty for them, which knocked us a little bit. We never really recovered. But again, you know, we got the result on Saturday and I think we're all hoping now that we can sort of kick on and we've got a few more players back in the fold now, a few more returning names and it's less square pegs in round holes and more, you know, more like we are able to be back where we want to be. We're missing James Perch. Um I mentioned before, fractured school. We found a solution-ish in Ollie Hawkins, who was brought in as a striker, but played centre-half before. He's been immaculate at centre-back. He's been really good for us and he's forming a really good partnership. So, uh, you know, hopefully that continues to, to, and we can continue to build. You mentioned um, Stephen Quinn before, obviously, as I'm sure people remember, was at Hull, Sheffield United previously, and, and obviously Burton last season. Played really well against us not that long ago, um, when we got beat down Burton the first season, I think we'd, in League One. Um, you said he was suspended for six games. What the hell did you do? Well, it's, it's a weird one to explain. Um, the captain, Ollie Clark, got himself sent off for a second yellow card. And whilst there was that melee going off, there was a separate melee going off, which where Quinn appeared to kick out at one of the, the players. I can't remember who it was against now. Um, but the linesman and the referee at the time didn't see it. But then somebody did see it. I think the fourth official saw it, pulled the referee over, straight red card, off he went. And then... It must have been the disciplinary hearing or, you know, the, the evaluation afterwards, which slapped another six, three games onto it. So violent conduct, six game ban. Um, crazy one, really. Really can't get our heads around it. Um, Nigel Clough has been bemused by some of the referee decisions this season. I've never heard of a, a three game ban being slapped on top of a three game ban simply for just like, mm. I mean, violent conduct doesn't sound great. But es- violent conduct especially when the, the referee doesn't see the initial incident. I think that's where a lot of us are miffed, really. The referee or the linesman doesn't see the initial incident. So how he get a six-game ban from that? He must have said something. He must have done something, which the cameras have picked up on. Must have done. Sounds like decapitated someone for six games. I'm sure that's got to be that kind of level now, isn't it? But um, 
I looked at obviously the league position and last year you felt a bit concerned about relegation because of where you were, but you had the kind of the caveat of, well, we've got a new manager. Hopefully things will change as it was, it did. Uh, this season, to my memory, you're not as low down as you were. I'm pretty certain you were near the bottom this time last year, if not bottom, but you're about fourth or fifth at the moment. Everyone worries when you get to October, November time and near the bottom. How realistic of a, oh, not realistic, how much of a worry, sorry, is relegation this year for Mansfield? I don't think it is. Um, I think we've got a lot of faith in that we've got players coming back into the fold now. Um, We've got players who are more senior coming back from injury, getting minutes under the belt. And with those in, we can play the way that Clough wants to play. Um, I think had we lost on Saturday and not got a positive result, we might be talking about a change in manager again because sometimes, you know, you can get that overreaction. But um, we're sticking with him and I think the squad are with him. And I think it's just a case of getting some more positive results coming in now. And I think, you know, after this little break we've got with the Cups, we're out of the Papa John's, but we've still got to play the third and final game. Prime chance to get some more players' minutes. I think the league fixtures after that will give us a real indication. We won't be down there at the, the end of the season. Nigel Clough's objectives at the start of this season, his own words were, we're going to try and win promotion, but he emphasised the try. And we've all said the same. If we can get in that top 10, great. If we can get in the top seven, brilliant. Top three, whew, mind-blowing. But even if we don't and we've made a progression and we've got a squad then capable of going on next season and competing, we'll be up there. So I think come you know early December, mid-December, we'll have a much more clearer indication of where we'll, where we'll be. The league position at the moment doesn't tell the full story of what Mansfield Town are capable of. And I think, you know, if we were talking ahead of a third round clash, you know, in, in January, I think we'd be talking about Mansfield potentially competing in that top 10. The league's really important, like hugely important. Obviously, something coming in the back of three league defeats, but promotion, not my promotion is our aim. Where you are in the league at the moment, obviously, isn't perfect for yourselves and for the ambitions that you've got this season as well. So can we expect that it'd be quite, I mean, obviously, we're going to be widespread changes, I would imagine. Mansfield going to be the same? Or are you taking this game a bit more serious than that? I don't think Clough's got too many options, to be honest. I don't think the first choice left back, Stephen McLaughlin, will play because he's been carrying a bit of an injury, um, ankle ligaments, and he's been playing through that. Um he might bring Kel Gordon back into the fold because he's been out injured for, for a while, got some minutes on Saturday. He doesn't seem to like the young fullbacks at the minute, um, but he might have no choice. don't think there'll be too many changes, to be honest, because quite simply, it's a case at the minute of us actually getting players back in and, and getting the minutes under the belt rather than resting players. It's almost the opposite of, of what you'd expect for a first-round first round tie. We'll be bringing players in to get the minutes and to, to get them league ready. And the players that we'll be bringing in to do that aren't the ones, a fringe, aren't fringe players that need minutes that you would expect to get a run out in the FA Cup. They're senior players that you'd expla- expect to play, you know, week in, week out in the league. So um, I think that could, you know, strengthen us rather than weaken us a little bit. I think you've got the same situation as us. And Oddly, the fact you played Newcastle United under 21s, sorry for swearing everyone, um, on the <laughs> Tuesday. So I suppose it's it's two games where you've got a chance to get minutes into players' legs. Same as us, we we obviously Broadhead came on tonight for ourselves. We've got a few players that could do with minutes in the legs. I think these games are coming like that, aren't they? I mean, in, in reality, obviously, we progressed really well through the League Cup, but first round of the FA Cup, 
I, I really want to say it hasn't lost its magic, but it has, hasn't it, a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think last year it got it back a little bit because, you know, it was one game. It was all or nothing on one game. Because of the COVID situation, there were no replays. And you know what? I know, like, from a non-league fan perspective, you know, they'll be quite annoyed at me saying this, but I actually felt it was better because there was something more to compete at. If we get a draw on Saturday, neither two, neither of the two clubs want that fixture, want that replay no. at all. I mean, you know, we'll take it for the revenue coming in for a home game, but neither clubs realistically, neither managers will want it. And it just packs out the month. So for me, you know, I think you're right. I don't think the magic is there enough. Um, I think potentially you could look at changing the competition, but why change, you know, a, an older competition like seeding it? I, I'm a big fan of, you know, it's a long way, longish way to travel. I'm a, I'd be a big fan actually at riding on stage doing what, you know, the League Cup does and, and regionalising it a little bit and reducing travel and then looking at opening it up at, round two and three but um you know i think you're right the magic isn't quite there neither clubs will want a replay neither managers will want a replay the owners might say differently fans you know it's more money they've got to fork out isn't it um although there is still that slight magic of having been able to go and watch football again being back which is you know rapidly where it's been for me yeah <laughs> yeah well but that's it it has been for us a little bit as well but that balances it out a little bit but i think you're right there's this, this, the magic isn't there enough. I think the only thing which has made it slightly magical, to use the word loosely for us, is the fact it's a new ground and we all wanted to go there last year and we've got the chance to do so. So that's the only thing for us which is making us look forward to it. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be massively fussed about it. Although Nigel Clough has said he wants a good cup run and he's had good cup runs in the past. So who knows? How many are you likely to bring down on Saturday? Uh, the club confirmed early today what we on um, Tuesday that they'd sold a thousand um, tickets. So I expect probably another five hundred on top of that by the time Saturday comes. We were boosted by the fact we had a a good result on Saturday. So maybe one and a half thousand, potentially pushing two. But again, it will depend on you know various factors. Um, we'll certainly be well backed. I'd say one thousand five hundred. What's your usual away attendance on average? Oh. Three, four hundred. It depends on who, who we've got and, and where we've got. I mean, I've been where there's been only, in fact, um, Harrogate in the Papa John's Trophy for the first game, um, what, 80, maybe 100 fans, if that. Um, and that was only because it's a new ground as well. You know, had people been there before, it might have been less. So it varies with Mansfield, depends on form, location, and if they've been there before. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably say the average is about three, four hundred. It's quite a trek, isn't it? I'm, I'm assuming you're going to have to get up relatively early for that one. Yeah, so it's a bit of a trek. Was two and a half hours, um, maybe pushing three with traffic and a stop. So yeah, I thought it was more than that. Actually, I thought yeah. it was a bit more than that. But so in terms of this is said before, it's unlikely to be widespread changes. If the players that are coming in do come in, it's going to be the ones that maybe need minutes in the legs. Stephen mm. Quinn's probably going to play because of that um, suspension that he had. You mentioned him before, Ollie Hawkins, on paper, which is 100%, especially when the team's not now league, a lot of it's on paper. So you're going to be the expert here. But Ollie Hawkins is someone that we know. He spent a lot of his career in, in League One, obviously scored the winning penalty against us at the Papa John's. Well, what would have been called the checker trade then. Had a few good games for us at, up front and the centre-off for, for Portsmouth. Was last season at Ipswich. 
bit of a beanpole, yeah. scored four goals this season. You've touched on the fact that he sounds like he's your key man. Is he your key man? If he plays centre back, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's the problem. Um Steve, uh, this in the Nigel Clough's own words, Ollie Hawkins is our best centre back, but also our best striker. And that's that's a, that's a big conundrum and a big headache to have. Me personally, I'm of the view that he should be playing centre back because when we had James Perch missing, um, our other centre backs aren't good enough because we've not recruited well enough. But Ollie Hawkins' experience reads the game very well. Just if you get to watch the full video or, or the extended highlights, he reads the game superbly for our first goal last weekend. Steps in, intercepts the ball, lays it off, job done. He scored at Exeter um, the week before, up from a set piece. You know, we don't necessarily need him up top. We've got enough strikers to to be there. For me, he's got to stay at centre-half uh, until January, until we bring somebody in. Whether Nigel Clough agrees, I don't know, because we've now got um, other players coming back in. We had to push Elliot Hewitt to right-back because we had no right-back. Kel Gordon's now back available, so that frees up Hewitt to go centre-back. Please no, um, not not massively convinced. Nice lad, but not massively convinced. Um, Richard Narty nowhere near, um, nowhere near fit. Will Forrester's been playing for Stokes under twenty threes. He might get a game um, in the Newcastle game. Sorry for swearing. Um, don't think he'll get a game against you guys on Saturday. We've got we've brought in John Joe Tall on a short term deal, but it looks like Clough prefers him in midfield. So I don't know. Um, I think if you're going to see Hawkins anywhere, it's definitely going to be at centre-back. And um, I also think that Clough's a big advocate of trying to play the same team and trying to play the same way. And I think Hawkins is a big part of that. And I think he's sort of resigned himself to the fact now that if he's going to play, it's going to be centre-back. So, um, But just because he is playing centre-back, that doesn't mean that he's not effective, you know, from from set pieces because we rely on him quite a lot and uh, um, other than him a name that I'd pick out for you because I know that's probably the, the question which you'll ask me next is it is it is Reese Oates who has been fantastic for us ex Hartlepool yeah, yeah. Um, really fight struggled to find his feet at the start but again a lot of people don't realise you know when you move clubs Hartlepool to Mansfield it's that's not a that's not a commute you do every day you, you're no. uprooting your life to do that um, so he's you know he's still settling in the area but he's found his position now playing sort of in the in the number nine number 10 role um really really quick to get in behind defenders um to really cause damage and we saw that again against Tranmere and we saw flashes of that in the last couple of weeks he continues to improve week on week so those two players I would certainly look at the two um that will that will look to cause problems also honorable mention for the goalkeeper Nathan Bishop I don't think he'll play the second choice George Shelby with the uh uh, the N-word game coming up um, on the on the Tuesday night. Um, so I think he'll play Nathan Bishop on loan from Manchester United. Very, very good goalkeeper who it wouldn't surprise me if we were, weren't in the top 10 come January if United called us up and said we're going to recall him and send him somewhere else. Very, very good goalkeeper. Tough to beat. On the flip side, I've been liking asking this question up until recently. Not really enjoying asking it so much now, but Sunderland had started all right. Now we're not doing so well. But obviously, we're in different leagues. I don't expect to be watching us continuously. But from what you have seen, what have you made of Sunderland's start of the season? Um, I think they've almost like Mansfield in a way. You know, they've got the potential there to to really go and hurt. They, you know, for me, I'd say it's a good league position 
that they're in. I know a lot of Sunderland fans will be disappointed um, with um, just you know, the form, isn't it? Recently, yeah, just, just the form, form. and uh, obviously, you know, not being in that top three, you're so desperate to get out of that league, and you're rightly to be because you're a bigger club than what that level is. Um, but I think a lot of fans maybe now are sort of resigned to the fact that you've got to take that step back in order to see the bigger picture and to take the step forward. I think you're a if you take Ross Stewart out of the side, you know, you're probably a lot poorer side than than your league position, you know, suggests. The golfing goals, you know, double figures for him. Aidan O'Brien on, on for the second um, goal scorer for you. I think just a case of um, who, you know, sets gets digs the hills in first and, and what game plan they come out and which... I think it's a cliche, isn't it? But it's it's which Sunderland side turns up and which Mansfield side side turns up to dictate how that tie will go. Yeah, absolutely. And final question is always, which people will know. Prediction time. I can't remember what I said last year. I must have took us for a win. I didn't say one nil. I think I'm pretty certain you said one one. I certainly didn't say five one on Saturday. Um, didn't really see that one coming. So I'll take us. I'm not really selling the podcast here, but an unforgettable game. And a one nil Sunderland victory, a nervy late one as well. I think that's a difficult one. We do this on the on our podcast every week. We play against our listeners, so we've got like a little prediction league going I on. Do that. Um, it's really good. We we've we've taken on a new podcaster this year, Clive, who's a, um, who's done quite well. We've got some branded Mansfield Matters mugs, which we're giving out as prizes and things like that. We did a giveaway in uh, in October. I'm far too really... paid for that. Well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> I've not paid for them. I am as well. He's coming in. He's paid for them. I'm, you know, so, uh, so that's down to him. But uh, no, it's been good fun. But uh, my predictions are always never, never near there. But, uh, you know, you cut me open. I've got Amber and Blue running free from my main. So I can't say anything other than the Mansfield win. Um, I'll say 2-1. Um, Reese Oates to score and potentially you know we'll have a repeat of last season's George Lapsley header as always thanks for joining us again I'll see you next year for the FA Cup first round yeah I can't um, wait I think we should just have this every year even regardless in fact regardless of who you know we both get drawn against next year let's just do this again let's make this a FA Cup first round you know yearly ritual it's going to happen isn't it um, Craig if people want to listen to your stuff and listen to Mansfield Matters where can we find you yeah, you can search for us on uh, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Just search for the Mansfield Matters podcasts or just head to mtfcmatters.co.uk. We've got two podcasts running now. Um, so because of what we did last season, uh, we did a post-match show after each show last year and it went really, really well. And one of the lads, Nathan, um, said for a joke after we won the first game of the season, I really miss this. Let's do like a Sunday show. So we've now got the Sunday sermon every Sunday at six o'clock, which is live on Facebook, YouTube and all of that stuff. And then we've got the weekly podcaster as well, and uh, uh, which is either a Wednesday or a Thursday night, basically whenever I've got time. So uh, just search for us, mtfcmatters.co.uk. And uh, to all the Sunderland fans out there, enjoy Saturday, bar for the result. Enjoy the rest of the season. And thanks for having me on again. Absolutely not a problem at all, Craig. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, subscribe and that.